0: morning i would like to title my sermon as why doesn't god heal everyone why doesn't god heal everyone you know it's important to know what is the reality the today's reality is that not everyone gets healed talking about those who are praying to god not everyone gets healed At times we pray for people and they eventually end up in continuing in the same sickness probably forever until they die and this is the reality. You know we cannot really cover this with the blanket of our over spirituality or our supernatural hype. This is a reality. We pray for people, not everyone gets healed. And this morning we want to ask God, Lord, why doesn't you heal? Why don't you heal everyone? Why don't you heal everyone? You know, if God heals all the people, all the time, nobody's going to die. Everybody is going to be alive. If God keeps healing, healing, healing everybody, God doesn't do that. On the other hand, there are times when we pray for people, they get healed. They eventually get healed. There are times we experience the supernatural, instant healing power of God displayed in the life of people. So let's answer some of the key questions this morning, common questions. Question number one, does God heal today? The answer is Yes. Question number two, can God heal all kinds of sicknesses? The answer is yes. Does God heal all the people in the world? The answer is no. Does God heal all the believers? The answer is again no. Does God heal someone all the time during the entire time of his life or her life? The answer is no. And as I said, if God keeps on healing, 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 they are never going to die. You know, at times we get reports. We come across, you know, contradicting reports. We hear reports of cancer getting healed. And broken arms getting fixed by the power of God. We thank God for those miracles. And we also get a report of believers and ministers of God dying in cancer. 48 years, 45 years being in a wheelchair, praying to God in fasting and prayer, thinking that God may, you know, help me to rise up and walk. But 44 long years she has been sitting in the wheelchair, but no help, no healing, no healing. That really raises a question within me saying, does God still heal people? You know, it's my struggle within me, and I am sure it's a struggle within all of us. You know, I searched God's word for an answer because that's where we find the answer. And I want to share with you this morning what I found. And we are, this is what we are going to talk about this morning. We are going to talk about the origin of sick, sickness. We are talking, going to talk about the understanding of healing in the biblical context and we are going to find out how healing works and how do we overcome sickness in our lives and we are also going to talk about the ultimate healing that Bible talks about. Let's start with the origin of sickness. You know, sicknesses and diseases are not really the plan of God for humanity. If you remember, if you can, we can go together into the Garden of Eden. In Genesis chapter 26, God created man in his own image. And in Genesis chapter 1 to verse 31, God saw all his creation and he found everything is good. And when Adam and Eve disobeyed God, you remember they were banished from the Garden of Eden. They could not enter into the Garden of Eden so that they could not eat the tree of life. And the spiritual death came in the Garden of Eden. The moment Adam and Eve got separated from God. And when they were found, you know, they found themselves being naked in the presence of God. And the Bible says they were so afraid of God. They were so afraid of God. Spiritual death happened right at the Garden of Eden. And physical death came right there. You remember God pronounced curses on Adam and Eve, upon and upon this land. Listen to me. You know, when God was very upset because of what Adam and Eve they did, God was not really happy. And God pronounced curses upon Adam and Eve and upon the land. And that's where we see physical death coming into into place. We read from Genesis chapter 3 verse 19, 19, if you can read with me. Genesis chapter 3 verse 19, Bible says, Both thorns and thistles it shall bring forth to you. That was a curse on the ground both thorns and thistles it shall bring forth forth for you and you shall eat the herb of the field God is pronouncing judgment upon the ground and God continued to pronounce judgment upon upon mankind listen to this in the sweat of your face you shall eat bread till you return to the ground remember see this till you return to the ground that was not in the original plan of God but now God is changing his plan because man already sinned. He already committed sin and now God is telling you are going to return to the ground. That means you are going to die. You are going to die. You know, that, that, that God is changing his plan and the curse is coming upon mankind. We are talking about physical death now. And the aging process begins right there at the Garden of Eden. Man's physical destiny is changed to dust. We read that in Romans chapter 5 verse 12. Romans 5 verse 12 says, Therefore just as through one man sin entered the world, and death through sin, and thus death spread to all men, because all sinned. You know, physical death came into existence just because man sinned, human sinned at the Garden of Eden. So spiritual death, and physical death. They both came together in the garden of Eden and this curse, once it was pronounced upon human listen to this you know I believe this is what I believe once the curse was spoken upon mankind I believe you know all the disease and sicknesses causing viruses and bacteria everything was set loose in the air and this is what I believe the protection on mankind the covering on mankind was taken So that he is subjected to illness and infirmities and all sicknesses and all diseases. And when the covering upon mankind was taken off, he was subjected to all kind of disasters and accidents. Until then, it was not in the plan of God, but now it came. So sicknesses are coming from the disobedience man showed, human being showed at the Garden of Eden. Now if you want to take it a little further, Bible says sicknesses are curses. What are they? What are the sicknesses? They are called curses in the Bible. In Deuteronomy chapter 28, the second half of Deuteronomy 28, 28, if you can read, you know, we don't have time to read, but this is what Bible talks about. Bible says, among them, God has put these kinds of diseases. What are the diseases? I'm just going to name them, just remember this. God put diseases, he put plagues, he put fever, he put inflammation, Severe burning fever, scorching boils and tumors, and severe skin diseases from which, from which you cannot be healed. Sicknesses are coming upon mankind as a curse. And this morning we are talking about the origin of sickness, from where sickness is coming. And the question is today, where are we sick? How many of us go through sickness? Can you see your hands? How many of us go through sickness? Yes? Most of us, right? All of us! And if you are born in this world, obviously we, are all go through, we all go through sickness So today we are sick, remember this, because we are living in a fallen world We are living not in a perfect world, we are living in a world that is already fallen from the presence of God And today we are subjected to all kinds of diseases, not because of, of our personal sin most of the time But because of the universal sin, the sin is already committed and today sickness comes whether you like it or not You know sickness comes on your way just because we are living in a fallen world But there are certain instances There is a correlation between sickness and sin And if you remember in the ministry of Jesus When Jesus healed the man who was paralyzed and you know Jesus said Your sins are forgiven take up your bed and go home. Sin is related to sickness. And if you remember the man, 38 years, he was just lying at the side of the pool of Bethesda when Jesus healed him. And later on, Bible says when Jesus found him in the temple of God, Jesus told him, Sin no more. Sin is associated with sicknesses. But apart from that all the sicknesses That we go through today It's all because of the fallen nature of this world That we are living in So we are trying to understand what really causes sickness What is the origin of sickness Let's move further Let's try to understand the healing in the biblical context You know this is very very important this morning Because we need to know We need to be sure At times we question God Lord why this has happened Lord I have been praying for such and such a man of God Lord why this has happened Now we have questions And this morning I pray that God may give us an answer Understanding healing in the biblical context. We are going to read a couple of scriptures. Acts chapter 10 verse 38. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good and healing, remember this, note this, healing all who were oppressed by the devil for God was with him. Jesus went about preaching the gospel and he went about healing people. Okay, next scripture, Isaiah 53, 5, Bible says, But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And Bible says, by his stripes we are healed. It talks about our iniquities, our sinful nature. Jesus died for our sinful nature. Bible also talks about healing. Jesus died for our healing. Number three, 1 Peter two twenty-four. Peter writes, who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree that we having died to sins might live for righteousness by whose stripes we are healed. Here again Bible talks about Jesus dying for our sins and by his stripes we are getting healed. Can you say Jesus died for our sins? And also Jesus died for our healing. Now we read these scriptures. Now listen to me. Now these scriptures, if you read them very carefully, they tell me that Jesus came to this world for two purposes. Number one, he came to this world to save mankind. Right? We all know that. Number one is he came to this world to save mankind. Number two, he came to this world to heal all our, all our sicknesses. That's what the Bible said. He came to forgive all our sins and he came to heal all our sicknesses. Now listen to this very carefully. Number one, spiritual healing. Spiritual healing is the salvation. Man lost, man died spiritually in the garden of Eden and now Jesus came and died on our behalf and God is bringing that spiritual healing. Now when spiritual healing takes place, the spiritual death is gone. And man becomes eternal being. Man can live, human can live with the Lord God forever. So there is no spiritual death. And we said, all the scriptures said, Jesus came to this world to save us and to heal us. And he came to this world to save us because spiritually we were died and now Jesus came and revived us so that we are no more death, no more spiritual death. We are going to live with the Lord forever and ever. Now listen to this, number two. Physical or bodily healing. Jesus also came to heal us. Now physical or bodily healing is temporary. Is temporary. Can we all stand for a moment? Can we all stand for a moment? Physical healing is what? Physical healing is temporary. But spiritual healing is eternal. Anyway, I'm standing, right, to a throat this time. So you can just stand a few minutes with me. Right, so spiritual healing is eternal. And bodily healing is? Temporary, Please sit down, please sit down, thank you Now the work on the cross, listen to this This is very very important The work on the cross 100% It removed the spiritual death The work on the cross 100% removed the spiritual death Because there is no more spiritual death If you accept Jesus Christ But the work on the cross Did not remove the physical death The work on the cross Did not remove the physical death the physical death anyway will happen. You know, God forgave the spiritual death, but God did not forgive the physical death. God pronounced physical death in the Garden of Eden. Otherwise, man would have lived forever. But since God pronounced physical death at the Garden of Eden, because of Jesus coming to this world and dying for us, he did not take that curse. That curse is still there. Spiritual curse is removed, but the physical death is not removed. Now, even when Jesus was ministering on the face of this earth, Lazarus was raised from the dead. And a few days later, he, he died. He died. So physical healing is temporary. Listen to this. Physical healing is temporary. You know, today God may heal us, but eventually we may die with the same disease or maybe with another disease or maybe with an accident or maybe a natural aging death. Let's talk about how this healing works. But in the midst of all this, God is still a healer. We are trying to understand the healing nature of God in the midst of all these truths that we see around it. How does healing work? You know, divine healing happens not according to our desire, listen to this. Divine healing happens not according to our convenience. In a given situation, what God wants. In a given situation, what is God's desire on a particular individual? Is it God's will to heal that individual In this life. Does God want to show his glory. At times in our weaknesses. Some of those sicknesses won't go. It will just linger around. But in the sicknesses. God's glory will be seen. Listen to this. Very interesting the subject is. Let's look at Paul's ministry. God gave Paul. The grace to heal a crippled man. In Lystra. We read that in Acts chapter 14 verse 10. We will not go there. Paul healed that crippled man. And he also healed many people in Ephesus as he was ministering in Ephesus. There are many people who were healed by the ministry of Paul. And Paul also healed a demonized girl in Philippi, if you remember. And remember that man who was sitting as Paul was preaching, he was sleeping. Remember that man? As Paul was preaching, he was sitting in the window. And as he was sitting in the window, he was what he was doing. He was sleeping. And what happened? He... Fell down from the window to the floor. And what happened? He died. Paul came down and he revived him. He came back to life. You know, God did many wonders by the hand of Paul. Remember? All the aprons and everything, you know, when they did, when they threw, you know, there were healing taken place. There were many miraculous, supernatural things were happening. But Paul could not heal himself. Remember this? Paul could not heal himself. Paul says, and I have a thorn in my flesh. Most of the time the scholars believe that, you know, probably it may be a sickness. We read that in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. And Epaphroditus, Epaphroditus, you know, he was a fellow missionary working along with Paul. He was having a life-threatening sickness. Paul did not pray for healing there. He was not healed. Trophimus, Trophimus was a companion of Paul in the ministry, who was left so sick in the island of Melitus? Paul could not do anything. Paul did not even pray for them. So Paul did not even heal Timothy. He called him his own son. Remember this? Listen to this. Timothy, who was having a severe stomach pain, stomach illness, all along his life, and this is what paul says to timothy we read that in first timothy chapter 5 verse 23 first timothy chapter 5 verse 23 paul is not really praying for his healing but paul says no longer drink only water but use a little wine for your stomach's sake and your frequent infirmities paul did not pray for him there now, i was just thinking about why paul did not pray for timothy Paul could have laid his hands on Timothy and commanded the sickness to leave the sickness would have gone but Paul did not do that I was just thinking why why Paul was not doing it probably Timothy was not Timothy was not having enough faith I don't think so Bible witnesses his mother was a woman of faith his grandmother was a woman of faith I believe Timothy had enough faith probably was it not God's will to heal Timothy Timothy But for some reason, Timothy was not healed. So the healing ministry is not really for anyone's personal convenience. Our healing ministry is not for somebody to take honor on themselves, glory on themselves. But rather it is a fulfillment of God's plan for an individual and in his life or in her life. Sometimes Paul was given the gift of healing, but sometimes the gift did not work. But in the whole thing that we talk about, God is sovereign. Can you say that with me? God is sovereign. That means he is the ultimate authority. He has the ultimate authority. And nothing is mechanical, nothing is really automatic. It doesn't really happen. You know, today the church simplified the healing nature of God. So, you know, so, made it so simple that they are trying to have healing to happen in every instance. But it is important that we need to understand how healing takes place. Let's look at the ministry of Lord Jesus Christ. Why did Jesus heal? Healing took place for a reason when Jesus was ministering. People, you know, came to Jesus and they were getting healed according to the will of God. But I was thinking even in the Jesus ministry when Jesus walked into the pool of Bethesda, how many sick people were there? There were many who were there, but Jesus healed? Just one. That's what Bible records. That's what we know. Jesus healed just one. God doesn't heal everybody. Why did Jesus heal? Most of the time in his his lifetime. There are a couple of aspects that we can think about in Jesus' ministry. Number one, Jesus healed so that their faith may be increased. They are coming from a traditional Jewish background. And they need to trust Jesus as a living God. And the healing was really helping them to put their trust in Lord God, or to demonstrate the power of God, that Jesus has the power of God to heal. At times, you know, he wanted to demonstrate that his words have power, and he spoke a word, and healing took place there. Find, we're trying to understand the reason why healing took place there. At times, healing took place just after he finished preaching, because God wanted, wanted to, you know, prove. God wanted to, you know, you know show the authority of his preaching. And at times forgiveness of sin is related to sin, uh, related to sickness. And God healed, Jesus healed them. And at times Jesus healed to convey different truths. You know, at the time of raising of Lazarus, Jesus conveyed many different truths. Jesus said, my time has not come yet. Even at the miracle that he did at the wedding of Cana, he said, my time has not come yet. So that means for healing to take place, we need to wait for God's timing. We need to wait for God's timing, many truths. And at times Jesus healed because God's name to be glorified. Let's move further. So sickness seems to be part of our life. So how do we overcome sickness? So we also know the healing nature of God. We don't doubt the healing ability of God. God is sovereign, God is able to heal. But in irrespective of that, you know, we see sickness lingering around in our lives, and sickness, you know, even throwing people of God into death. So how do we overcome sickness in our lives? So we come across sicknesses and infirmities in our day-to-day lives. You know, many things come on our way. Things which we never expected can happen to us. Can happen to ordinary man. That doesn't mean that that person is not following God. That doesn't mean that he doesn't have faith. That doesn't really mean that he has great severe sin. That's the reason God is punishing with sickness. No, may not be. May not be. Sickness can come to anybody. Sometime, you know, it may cause because of our ages or because of our climatic conditions, the seasonal flu that we see today, you know, or sometimes even unknown reasons, still doctors are trying to find out how to cure this sickness. So we know that we are living in a fallen world. Now how do we overcome sickness? And this is what we need to do as children of God. Listen to this, number one. We need to use the authority. The moment you find sickness in your body, what we need to do? We need to use the authority in God. You know, God has given us authority over sickness because the work that Jesus performed at the cross, through that work, we can overcome sickness. So, the moment you know you get a stomach pain or you get some kind of pain or you know something is happening to you, what do you do? The moment that happens, you use the authority and command the sickness to leave from your body. Most of the time, it's gone. Have you experienced? Most of the time, when you lay your hands on your body or pray for your children, most of the time, that's gone. First thing you need to do. Second thing, if that you feel that sickness continues, take the medical help as available. Take the medical help as available. And if the sick sickness still doesn't leave, find out what is wrong in my life. Find out what is wrong in your life. Sometimes, you know, it may be the areas that we want to correct ourselves. I know you know what I'm talking about. When the sickness doesn't go from our lives, we may have to just sit and analyze and find out what God you want me to do. What is wrong with me? Analyze and try to find out. Ask God. Certain areas if God is showing you, ask forgiveness. That sickness will go immediately. Ask forgiveness of God. At times when the sickness continues to be seen, Ask God, Lord, what do you have to say in this situation? What is your desire? What is your plan? Lord, if that continues, I can't do my ministry. If that continues, I can't be a good mother for my children. If that continues, I cannot work, so I cannot earn money. Lord, what is your plan? What is your desire in my life? At times, if it still continues, like Paul, ask God for grace to overcome. Ask God for grace to overcome. And also ask God, Lord, what is the lesson that I'm learning, Lord, as I'm going through this sick time? What are you trying to teach me in this situation, oh God? You know, living, as I said, living in sickness, that doesn't mean that That person has no faith in God. No, it doesn't really mean that, or it doesn't really mean that person has done something very severe, sinful thing. No, not really, not really. We don't need to condemn people who are living in sickness in that way. People who died because of certain sicknesses. We don't come to a conclusion. Probably he would have done something God, something against God. No, we don't need to do that. We don't need to come to that kind of conclusion. Often, as I said, you know, we oversimplify the idea of healing. And we say, and this is what we say, Lord, if I am truly a child of God, Lord, heal me. You know, at times we expect people to be healed. Oh, they are truly children of God. Why sickness comes in their life? God should have healed. You know, we have various emotional things going on in our mind. In in generally, when we go through sickness, when others go through sickness. At times, even God uses our sicknesses to accomplish his will. You know, at times, listen to this, God uses our sicknesses to accomplish the will of God. And we can go to examples from the word of God, but let's move on this morning. So listen to this, this is what we'll be doing. If the sickness continues, and throughout the sickness, this is what we need to do. You know, sometimes we pray, the sickness will not go. And God expects us to deal with those sicknesses. Three things, three important things that we need to do. If you still continue to fight with those sicknesses, number one, never hesitate to ask for medical help. Now, this is very, very important. God uses medical science for our benefit. But ultimately, the healing comes from God. Ultimately, the healing comes from God. If God appeared in front of you and God spoke to you, do not take medicines, don't take. God may heal you. But don't try to preach that in the church. And I have seen poor people of God. They don't have such a great faith in God. They are just beginners. But the pastors told them, you should not take medicine. have seen them dying, even in my own family, seen them dying with a lot of pain. Cruelty. When you allow somebody not to take medical help, when they are supposed to take medical help, and you tell them that you know God wants you to not to take medicine, it's cruelty. We cannot do that. But if it is their own faith, it's good. Let them do it. Never hesitate to take medical help. Number two. Never stop praying for healing. Never stop praying for healing. Continue to pray. We don't know when God is a miracle. Because Lazarus, when he was dead, the family was waiting for four long days with a dead body. We don't know when God is about to heal. Number two, when you're going through sick time, when the sickness is not leaving, you never stop praying. Number three, it's very important, never isolate yourself. You know, when we are going through sickness, our faith is so low, our faith is so weak, the enemy can easily overpower us. That's the time the thoughts about committing suicides. That's the time the thoughts about committing sinful things and walking away from God and cursing God. Those things come so fresh in our minds. Never isolate yourselves, never give room, give room to the devil to take away, take you away, take you away from God. Never stop church. Never stop attending prayer meeting. Never, never stop having fellowship with people of God. Because when we go through such a sickness, we need a lot of encouragement. We need a lot of support. We need a lot of prayer. Share your sickness with people. Do not hide. People whom you can trust, just share. Tell them, this is what I am going through. Can you just pray for me? Can you just pray for me? You need to appeal people of God to pray for you at this moment. So three things we want to be very careful. Number one, we never hesitate to take medical help. We never stop praying for healing. And we never isolate ourselves. That's how we can overcome sickness. Finally, before I close. The ultimate healing that Bible talks about. You know, Bible has a lot of absolute statements of blessings. Can you say that with me? Absolute? statements of blessings in Psalms most of the time we read that and even in the other books we read that we have some couple of examples in the screen Bible talks about absolute statements of blessings they are even idealistic statements shall we have that in the screen Psalm 103 we read in Psalm 103 verse 3 and 4 who forgives read with me who forgives all your iniquities. Who heals? All your sicknesses. Bible says, question, Bible says he heals all our sicknesses. Why am I not healed? When Bible says, oh, he heals all my sicknesses. Why am I not healed? Question. Absolute statements. Of blessings we see in the scriptures. Who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. Who satisfies your mouth with goodness. With good things. So that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Whose youth is renewed like these eagles? Those who wait on the Lord. Absolute statements of blessing. Isaiah 25.8, Word of God says. Isaiah 25.8, and the Lord will wipe away tears from faces. John 11 26 Bible says, and whoever lives and believes me in me shall never die. Absolute blessing statements. Psalm 138 verse 8 says, the Lord will perfect that which concerns me. Absolute statements of blessing. You know there are dozens and dozens of such statements. Absolute statements of blessings are idealistic statements. They are beyond the natural, but they are written in the word of God. You know, this is what we need to understand. The question is, when the Lord is going to heal all the sicknesses, as he says? When the Lord is going to wipe away all my tears that I am crying out for help today? When believers will never die? When they will continue to live forever? When the Lord is going to perfect us, the things concerning us? None of us are perfect. None of our body is perfect. If you can go for a blood work, we'll come with a report stating this, high, low, high, low, high, low. None of our body is perfect. But Lord, your word says, the Lord will perfect that which concerns me. Lord, when that is going to happen? Questions. But the answer is, I don't think it's going to happen in this world. I don't think it's going to happen in this fallen world. We may see the shadow of it, We may see the shadow of things as we get together. As we stand in the presence of God, healing taking place. We may see the shadow of it. But as I said, healing is not permanent. All the healing is temporary. It may be that instant healing. I have heard many reports. People who are participating in the miracle crusades. They get healed in the presence of God. But then when they walk out of the stadium, the auditorium, that pain comes again. That doesn't mean that God cannot heal. God can heal you instantly. Until you die, that sickness may not come. Because God is sovereign. He knows what to do. He knows when to heal. He knows whom to heal. What is his plan concerning us? But we are talking about the absolute blessing statements, the idealistic statements as we read. I don't think all of them are coming true in this world. So the ultimate healing is the resurrection from the dead. You know, the ultimate healing is the resurrection from the dead. Can you say that with me? The resurrection from the dead. The resurrection from the dead. Let's go to Revelation chapter 21 verse 4. Revelation chapter 21 verse 4. Bible says, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Some of us crying from here, even when you go to heaven, you will still keep crying. Right? How many of us have cried? How many of us cry for simple things? Some people don't cry, that's a different issue. Never cry, that's a different issue. But then, you know, sometimes we cry for small, simple things. They will continue to cry, even in heaven. And God had to come. And he comes and he wipes away the tears. That's good. I want to cry. God will come and wipe my tears in heaven. And there shall be no more death. Listen to this. And Bible says, in a couple of scriptures that I read today, Bible says, whoever believes in me, he will never die. And when that is going to come true? Not in this world, but in the eternal world. But in the eternal world. And no crying, no more death, no sorrow, no crying. There shall be no more pain. Today pain comes and goes, but there will be no pain. For the former things have passed away. God is going to make a new heaven. God is going to make a new earth. And God is going to give us a new body. God is going to give us a new mind. The body we have today is corruptible. And Bible says this corruptible body will put on incorruption. And this body is today mortal. And Bible says this body will put on immortal. And this body is good for nothing. It is just good to be buried. But Bible says the body that God is going to give us It's going to be a strong body, it's going to be a perfect body, and it is made with the glory of God, the glorified body. God is going to give us that. I remember an incident, one man of God was invited for a funeral of a five-year-old boy. Before that boy died, a man of God came and took that boy in his hands, and he prophesied, saying that he's not going to die he will live forever. He will revive. He will live. He will not die. And the parents, they were just expecting the boy to leave, but eventually he died. And this man of God was invited for the funeral. Just He was just participating. And there is another pastor who is leading the funeral. And everybody was trying to think and do things against God. And even the parents, they were just started cursing God, saying that, you know, somebody started saying something about the prophet who came and prophesied. Many people started saying, talking against God. And this man of God took the parents aside and told them, your boy is not dead, he is alive. And they could not understand that fact. They were just crying, hitting their heads at the coffin, and they were just crying, we want him to live. And the pastor, that man of God was trying to tell them, he is alive. He's in a better position. He's having no pain in his body. He doesn't need any more treatment. He is not dead. He's alive. And the parents could not understand that fact. A couple of years, they were not even in, in touch with this man of God. And eventually, God worked in their lives. The boy's mother, she, was, she received the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And as she was praying, the God, God revealed her, saying that, your son is alive with me. He' is living. He is not dead. And now these parents, they went to the man of God and they tried to understand what God was speaking to them on that day. You know, this body is going to go away, but God is going to give us a body, and there is no sickness in that body. You know this morning, I just put a couple of scriptures to help you to understand the context of healing in the Christian context, and this is what is a highlight of the sermon this morning can you read that together this morning as we God spoke to us God is sovereign when it comes to healing just read this this is these are the true statements god is sovereign when it comes to healing that means god knows when to heal and how to heal and number two god heals today and he can heal all diseases even today god heals there is no doubt about it god can heal all diseases number three god doesn't heal everyone all the time he does according to his will Number four, let's move further. The origin of sin is the cause of all sicknesses. Work on the cross. Remove the spiritual death, but not the physical death. We need to overcome sickness in our day-to-day life. God gives grace to us in sickness. Never hesitate to take medical help. Never stop praying for healing. Never isolate yourself. The ultimate healing is the resurrection from the dead. We will be sick free when we go to heaven. Shall we close our eyes?